Welcome back to Saltier Politics. Julie, how was your Thanksgiving break? Uh, well, my Thanksgiving break was good. Um, my Thanksgiving itself was interesting. Um, I'm trying to think of how to phrase this. So it was a very interesting Thanksgiving. Most of the people at my Thanksgiving table, um, well, first of all, everybody's family, but uh, everybody was, my parents' age were in their mid-70s or older. In fact, the oldest person there, I think, was 91. Um, my aunt and uncle were there. They're in their, their 80s. Um, and it's, it was a little bittersweet because they're all hopefully in, in good health. But these are people that I've been celebrating holidays with for I mean, decades. And uh, the youngest person at my, my table was seven, which was my son. And it's just kind of uh, made me really think about the passage of time. I don't want to be too maudlin. But for some reason this year, I really thought about my family uh, how, obviously, I've known them my whole life, and how time is tempest fugit. But other than that, it was you know your typical family dynamics: a bunch of crazy Russians. Uh, you know, no, nobody has a filter <laughs> in my family. There's okay. no such there's no such thing as there's no such thing as sparing each other's feelings in my family um, when people sit at the table together. If you, you you call it not just like you see it, but you call it like. Uh, like right where it hurts right where it hurts the Um, kill shot yeah so that was interesting but that's you know i'm I'm used to that so that's okay and uh it was okay and then i went up to massachusetts so we went up to massachusetts afterwards and uh and chilled out and in the berkshires which was very nice but so it was a very jersey thanksgiving followed by a very new england thanksgiving weekend so it was generally a, a good time had by all how about you that's nice. I was warm in Florida. It was 80 oh, degrees. Good. So hey, that was great. As negative as we are about Florida, you do get the 80 degree weather. When December. there's that, you can't, you can't complain. Cause I went on a lot of long walks, which was really nice oh, outside. Nice. And, um, my favorite food this Thanksgiving, my dad made chicken marsala, which was nice. See, you guys are Italian. Yeah. That, we that's great. Completely did nothing traditional Thanksgiving, which was fine with me. So my dad who's a really good cook. Um, did turkey, but I don't know what he did to it. It was, I'm usually not a huge turkey fan. This turkey was great. And then in typical Russian fashion, the side was not stuffing or cranberry sauce or the usual stuff. It was buckwheat. What? <laughs> <laughs> it was kasha. <laughs> Cause that's what <laughs> I, could, I could imagine. Like, what are we having for sides? Buckwheat. Actually, I like buckwheat. <laughs> okay. I'm not a big fan of stuffing or, or sweet potatoes, so I was perfectly happy with that. But it was just so hilarious. I'm like, yeah, this is you know, you can you can take the family out of Russia for 40 years, but still, can't. buckwheat. Buckwheat. All right. Buckwheat. Okay, so let's get right. They're 39th Thanksgiving in this country, still serving buckwheat. Oh my! You know what? I've never had buckwheat. And not just that, I bring. So there's this new. Um, wine that I'm, it's not new, but I've discovered this, this red wine called La Carvel that if anybody ever wants a great dry Bordeaux, you should buy this wine by the case. As I, I will do. be over yours soon to try well, it. Well, I think you have tried it actually. I've been serving it at my house for a while, but then <laughs> my father prides himself on, um, purchasing Charles Shaw, otherwise known as two buck Chuck. Ah, and oh, the so, two buck Chuck, the two buck Chuck, which I think now is three buck Chuck, but, but he knows it as Charles Shaw. And that's what he always serves, because only the finest. Um, and I bring my own, my, my bottle of La Carvel, which is actually really good and, and, and not two or three bucks. <laughs> and I open it, and I said, Dad, why don't you try this? And he's like, what is this swill? 
I was like, well, it's not too black Chuck, but it's, I think, pretty good. And uh, anyway, if anybody out there wants to do a taste test of Charles Shaw, which I believe you could buy at any Trader Joe's for 2 or $3, um, which actually is not bad. I, I don't want to be down on two buck chuck. It's pretty good or three buck chuck, but, uh, but, or La Carvel, you should do a blind taste test. My father just thought it was atrocious. My parents, it's really funny. You know, there are two types of Russians out there. The ones that drink a lot and the ones that look down on people who drink a lot. My parents are the latter. Uh. So they're not particularly big drinkers at all. And so when, um, when my mother, you know, will have a glass of wine or something and that's it. But my father, uh, I think decided he was going to be American and so he was going to drink Bud Light, or Bud, sorry, not Bud Light, Bud. That's his beer of choice. Jack Daniels, because I think that's what he thought when he was in Russia, Americans drank. And Charles Shaw, only the finest of Trader Joe vintages, um, a.k.a. two-buck chuck. What a juxtaposition, some buckwheat and some Bud. But yeah, we didn't have Bud. We had two, well, I, two I, I, had my, I had my La Carvel, which apparently was swill, but I... At I, least it's more for you. Oh, yeah, believe me. That, that <laughs> bottle was uh, gone. Um, but yes, uh, but he, he enjoyed his two buck chuck and I don't know if anybody else really drank. I think it was pretty much the two of us and he doesn't really drink much. So I had a good time. I, I, I am that rare Russian that does not look down on people who drink or is an alcoholic myself. I, <laughs> I don't think it's a happy medium. It's a happy medium. All right. So let's move on to this story. This, this week, uh, kind of caught my attention. It's the Gabrielle union, um, the alleged toxic work environment on America's Got Talent. I don't know if you heard about it. I did, I did. So pretty much, um, according to Variety, Gabrielle Union was allegedly told her hairstyles were, quote, too black for the show's audience. She also reportedly asked NBC's Human Resources Department to be made aware of an on-camera joke made by Jay Leno about Korean food. It was picturing dogs. Mm -hmm. Um, There was also apparently racism in choosing the show's contestants. Her colleague said instead of a 10-year-old black rapper, they wanted an act that America could could get get behind. behind. Yeah, and then there was Simon Cowell's smoking habit. I guess his dressing room was near hers and he just would never stop smoking even though it's not allowed. And um, producers were also apparently annoyed that she asked contestants who performed in drag what their preferred pronouns were. So what's interesting about America's Got Talent, which I have admittedly never seen in my life. Don't worry, I've seen them. <laughs> well, I know you. <laughs> if I need worry, to, if, gotcha. if I need any reality TV information, I know who to yes. go to. As you know, I have never actually sat through an entire reality TV show in my life, yes. whether the Kardashians or Real Housewives or American Idol or anything else. But American Idol's still on? It is. I think it's on its last leg, so. Okay. So America's Got Talent. But what I... I did read the Gabrielle Union story. What I found interesting is they've had a lot of turnover with women, but yet Simon Cowell is a Howie Mandel. Is that, is that the other guy? Yes. Um, are the two constant. So the men are always there, but the women, there's always turnover. And again, I don't want to get on my high horse, but I will because it's our podcast and I could do whatever I want. Right. Why is it that the women are always perceived to be troublemakers when they raise issues like consistently? I mean, Gabrielle Union, and nobody's disputing this, by the way, right? I don't think no. anybody from, from NBC, is this NBC? Is that the yes, network? no one is getting Yeah, it. nobody's saying, oh no, she's wrong or whatever. So I don't think what Gabrielle Union was suggesting is that controversial, uh, and in terms of, you know, an act that America can get behind, Mike, what are you talking about? Oprah Winfrey, Beyonce, Michael Jackson, uh, you know. Right. 
in, in my 46 years on earth, when I think about people who dominated pop culture as I was growing up, I just named, forget Beyonce, because she's, you know, after my time, but Michael Jackson, Prince, Oprah, um, Barack Obama twice. <laughs> Since when are African-Americans not somebody that America could get behind, especially in the entertainment industry? I mean, think about the biggest entertainers in the world, even today. And I don't know much about pop culture today, but I mean, I, I think about Jay-Z, Beyonce. Uh, it's, it's, it's crazy. And I don't understand what a black hairstyle is other than was she, was she trying to wear a dress? Like, what, what's a, what is it, a dress? I guess just more natural. More too. natural, like Afro? Great. As somebody who's got really fine, thin hair, like my fantasy is to be able to do that. Um, I don't understand what the problem is. Not making jokes about Koreans eating dog food is... Right, and uh, pointing Jay, it out. And by the way, Jay Leno, I mean, Jay Leno's act is so old. Like, are you really still making fun of Koreans eating dog food, Jay Leno? Really? Like... That's not even, cl- that's, it's not right. It's, it's, it's not even that it's not right. Forget the PC aspect of it. Like you really couldn't think of anything else except the most stereotypical, ridiculous thing on earth to joke about that nobody under the age of 80 finds hilarious, Jay Leno. Like what's wrong with you? Um, and of course she gets pushed out and she gets pushed out for being high maintenance because as I've always said, when women start, when w- men who create waves are suddenly perceived to be tough and they're taking charge women who create waves after fired are well or if they're not fired they first are tagged with the reputation of being difficult to work with and only after they're tagged with that reputation are they then summarily fired or pushed out because oh she's really difficult to work with if that's the only thing gabriel gabriel union did that's not a woman who's difficult to work with that's a woman who doesn't want to absorb disgusting secondhand smoke when i don't blame her um, that's a woman who wants to look, she's a beautiful woman who wants to look the way she looks and probably wear hair that is her natural hair instead of having a straighten all the time. I don't know what her hairstyle was, but whatever the black to black thing is, but it's absurd, whatever it is. That's a woman who wanted some old white dude named Jay Leno to stop with the stupid cliche jokes. And that's a woman who asked about pronouns because believe it or not, that's really important to people who have non-traditional gender pronouns, right? Absolutely. And what's wrong with any of that? And then, of course, for that, she's, oh, she's difficult to work with, really can't work with Gabriel Union. Gabriel Union. Let's bring in somebody who's more easy to work with. Translation, somebody's going to sit there and keep her mouth shut when Simon Cowell is blowing smoke in her face. Right. Why should she be getting lung cancer? Because Simon Cowell has decided to, you know, Right, because he wants to smoke like a chimney. It makes it's absolutely ridiculous. And unions, along a long time activist too, she's fought for sexual assault uh, in Colin Kaepernick and in a lot of different issues. So it's like they knew that they were getting a very strong woman. So it's like her not being herself. Would- yeah, you know it. You think about the fact that Hollywood, and not just Hollywood. I mean, everybody. The, the whole Me Too movement happened. And suddenly women were led to believe in Hollywood and elsewhere that, oh my goodness, you know, when our voices are heard, now our voices are heard and you've got all these movies being made about it. There's one coming out about Fox News that you know about that's coming out on the 13th called Bombshell. Um, yeah. Um, that, that, that purports to, to tell, I haven't seen it so I can't judge it, but purports to tell the story of how these women at Fox News, you know, whether it's Megyn Kelly or Gretchen Carlson or me or a bunch of other women 
you know, finally said enough is enough and they stood up and they teamed up. This is what I hear. I haven't seen the movie again. But, uh, but and so women are in those movies. Women watch those movies. Women in Hollywood are thinking, oh, these movies are being made or, or The Loudest Voice, which is the story of Gretchen Carlson taking on um, Fox News that was on Showtime with Russell Crowe and, and Naomi Watts. More and more of these kind of girl power movies about taking on the man, taking on the system. And you have people like Gabrielle Union and others who are like, wait a second, wait, wait, we could actually do this. And then of course, the minute they try to do it, bam, they're completely shut down because the reality is you can make all the movies you want about patting yourself on the back about how far we've come along. This is exhibit Z, one <laughs> A, um, about how women have really not been able to voice their views like this. And something's got to change. I mean, why is it that Simon Cowell, and I get that he's the producer of the show and he created it, but why is he allowed to sit there and be difficult? Why is he allowed to blow smoke in people's face? It, it, and it's just, he just doesn't care because apparently producers have been asking him to stop and different fire marshals and whatever, and he just doesn't he do doesn't it. He doesn't care. So maybe, I don't know if he gets a fine from the, from, from the LA fire department or maybe nobody even has the nerve to fine him. But why the hell... Is somebody like Simon Cowell and Howie Mandel, who, again, I, you know, it's been a long time since I've seen a Howie Mandel um, show. It's been about 30 years. But so I don't know. I guess he's that's a big, about where his humor is. But that's my point. Ago. I guess right. like his. But it's always the women. Notice how the women cycle out. Wasn't Heidi Klum in that show before? Heidi Klum was Mel B. Mel B, who apparently is also, quote unquote, difficult to work with. But I mean, it's the women who constantly are cycled out consistently. And the men are allowed to get away with what they want. And again, I don't, I hate this. I have a son. I don't ever want to get, you know, I, I have men in my life who I love. And I don't want to get on this moral high horse, like women good, men bad, because that's not at all what I mean. But the system is set up consistently to make it difficult for women to speak up because the minute they do, they are tagged with being difficult when all they're doing is protecting their own rights with her with respect to not wanting smoke blown in her face and get secondhand smoke and lunking. I mean, God, nothing's more disgusting than somebody blowing cigarette smoke in your face or her protecting the interest of others. For example, asking about people's pronouns. She is a woman. She refers to herself, I assume, as a woman. She's being considerate of other people who may not do that. Or this little African-American kid who, from by all accounts, was supposed to be this huge breakthrough star and I think has become one subsequent right, to that. Tyler Perry signed him. Yeah, Tyler, good for Tyler Perry. But like, why does it take for Tyler Perry to sign him? Because quote unquote, America can't get behind him. She, her career is just fine. She's standing up for some little African-American kid and saying, what do you mean some little African-American kid can't be somebody America gets behind? How about <laughs> all the other little African-American kids that America has gotten behind starting with Motown? And, uh, uh, no, the answer is no. You can't stand up for that kid. I just, I don't know. It makes me, yep. I don't even know why you brought this up because it just makes me very angry. Well, let's Go let's ahead. kind of channel that anger into some of your tweets. Oh. I really, the one one that made me laugh just out loud, Julie, which is your humor is fantastic. But Thank you. Someone, someone tweeted out, having heard Julie Ruginski speak on TV once, it seems she is a radical left socialist Democrat who hates America, God, country, and President Trump, who is making America great after the Democrats destroyed much of it. Please read your response, because that was... I, I giggled. Well, why don't you read my response, because I don't even know what okay. my response is. Having been born speaking Russian, this is exactly the grammar 
a Russian troll would use to translate his words into English. Hope it's not too cold in St. Petersburg this evening. So, my little <laughs> no. Russian trolls, and this guy obviously is going to deny he's a Russian <laughs> he's troll. He's 100% Russian. But, but dude, <laughs> like, I, I, I know how, how Russians structure their sentences. There's a very specific way of doing it. And I know how my parents <laughs> structure their sentences when they're speaking English. Because on their head, they're translating from Russian into English. Um, and it's like, this is, I specialize in this. This is, and then I love some people tweeted back and they're like, especially some woman who I think is also Russian. You weren't born speaking Russian. You learned how to speak Russian. Yes, all right. I was not some baby genius who was born speaking Russian. It was, however, my first language and it was my only language until the age of seven. So let me assure you, I know how the sentences are structured and I know how the phrasing is structured. And more importantly, I can really spot Russian propaganda from 100 miles away. And that is, in fact, exactly what Russian propaganda is. So cut it out. They're using all like the fun words too. Oh. Socialist Democrat. I mean, Socialist Democrat. It's like, you know. Hates America, God country. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I got it, dude. I mean, you're sitting in your little outskirts of St. Petersburg. And what time did that guy tweet? Or it said 1.04 p.m. All right, 1.04 p.m. So it's late night in St. Petersburg. <laughs> it's definitely. He's cold. And he's, he's cold. cold. He's because, because the one thing about these he's Russian troll farms is that they work overnight to make it look like they're working because it's an eight-hour time difference that they're working on. I think it's seven or eight hours that they're working on um, our time, right? East Coast time or West Coast time. So I get it. It's cold. It's really cold in St. Petersburg right now. It's dark. You miss your family. You're getting paid probably a few extra rubles in ways that you wouldn't if you were using your English language skills for, you know, something legit. I get that it's a lucrative thing. I get you. I get that you're just mailing it in. But my friend, if you're going to mail it in, don't mail it in to somebody who was, okay, not born speaking Russian, but quickly learned how to speak it when she was verbal at the age of one or however old I was. So just don't. Just don't. Dude, tweet, I don't know, tweet somebody else. Tweet, I don't know, tweet Donald Trump. He'll buy it. Tweet, tweet Senator Kennedy of Louisiana, who apparently thinks the Ukrainians are behind uh, Russian interference in, in our election. But don't, don't tweet somebody who knows how this, the sausage is made. Well, we, let's go into what makes you salty. I'll tell you what makes me salty. Glad you asked, Emily. What makes yes. me salty, and we can go back to other topics that you have, but what makes me salty is that... Um, my old friend Sean Hannity, with whom uh, I was on um, air for a long time, who, by the way, on a personal level, is a, a good guy. He, I mean, one-on-one, he and I always got along. Very good to his staff. Um, so, like, just appreciates the people who, who put him on TV and make him look good, or at least he did when, when I was there in my presence. But he had Bill O'Reilly, and again, what I find so funny about this is he and Bill O'Reilly used to hate each other. I don't know if people noticed, but they never would do, before Megyn Kelly took over that slot, and O'Reilly had the eight, and, and Hannity had the nine. Um, they never do the toss to each other, because <laughs> they, they didn't like each other that much. Um, and then Megyn got the nine o'clock, and she would always do the toss to Hannity, and I think O'Reilly would do the toss to her, but, but they really didn't like each other um, when they worked together. But now, I guess Donald Trump is a uniter, not a divider. He, divider, he has brought them together. Now they are both um, on this whole wavelength together. And Sean put out um, something on his radio show where he basically 
all but begged O'Reilly to come back to Fox and said, why don't you take the 8 o'clock slot back, which I wonder how Tucker Carlson feels about that, but that's neither here nor there. Um, you know, come back, come back. You want me to come back. Uh, you know, what? And, and let me also preface this by saying Bill O'Reilly never did anything to me, so I, I do not speak from personal experience with having witnessed Bill O'Reilly um, act inappropriately around me. He and I actually had very little to do with each other when I was at Fox. Um, but he did do a lot of things, allegedly, to a lot of people who I know and care about. And certainly, he left Fox because a lot of those settlements came to light. And um, what I find troubling, and, and, and a lot of those settlements were massive payouts, including a $30 million something payout to Lease Wheel, which I have to say, I know everybody's going to say innocent until proven guilty, but you don't pay that kind of money willy-nilly. Right. Companies don't pay that kind of money. Individuals don't pay that kind of money. They are for profit. <laughs> Inherently, Bill O'Reilly was on Fox News to earn a profit for himself, and Fox News earned a profit for itself. It, it, so, you know, they were not, Bill O'Reilly was not going to pay $30 million to one person, never mind the millions of other people he paid money to, going all the way back to Andrea Macris um, years and years ago, over a decade ago. This is not the kind of money that people spend unless they have to. And so for Sean Hannity, to, who is the most visible person of Fox News right now, certainly their, their most prominent on-air person, for Sean Hannity to suddenly come out and say, yeah, come back, Bill. It just, it, what does that say to the women who allege these things about Bill O'Reilly? It basically implies one of two things. Either they're all a bunch of liars, and poor Bill O'Reilly has been victimized and stigmatized, um, in which case, they just all lied to get a paycheck. Although, again, let me stress that people don't pay tens of millions of dollars in settlements <laughs> based on nothing. Or it means that, yeah, Bill, we believe that you did this, but it's really not that important. Just come back. All is forgiven. It doesn't matter. Okay, these women, whatever, whatever happened, sure it happened, but but who cares? Again, it kind of goes back to what we talked about with Gabriel Union, Gabriel Union and... Um, at which point do women start mattering? At which point does that matter? I mean, these women, let me also stress, I don't know the terms of their settlements, but a lot of, and I'm not talking specifically about anybody's, but but a lot of these settlements globally have something called a no rehire provision. And no rehire means that, okay, we'll settle with you, but you can, ever, you can never come back and work in this organization again. So Bill O'Reilly, who allegedly did all of this and paid the money, to settle with these people, he can come back. But these women can't even apply for a job um, with the same organization again. And again, I, I don't speak from any personal knowledge of their settlements, but this is something no rehire provisions typically exist in a lot of different organizations. Can I, can I also say the hypocrisy of just being a conservative and in, in so-called you know, women on this pedestal and how to treat them and all that? It's just so hypocritical in, in frustrating to hear because if you preach one thing and then your actions do another, like bring back a predator, I, I, how, how can you be believed? Well, because here's the problem, right? The women are on a pedestal as long as they keep their mouth shut. Oh, yep. And a yep. lot of women, by the way, a lot of women in a lot of these organizations have kept their mouth shut. I mean, not everybody who could have said something said something and I don't blame them at all. It, hurts your career to speak out. 
you're branded a troublemaker, you have a hard time finding a job in a different organization, consistently. So I don't blame people for not speaking out. But the people who don't speak out and keep their mouth shut are rewarded. Um, because I will say this about everybody who alleged something about Bill O'Reilly. Not one of those women is working in television now. And there is something to be said for the fact that not all of them, none of them lost their talent. Some of them were incredibly, all of them, I'm sorry, not some of them, all of them were incredibly talented women. Um, and yet they're not working in their chosen industry right now. While Bill O'Reilly is solicited by the most prominent on-air personality at the Fox News channel to come back and work there. Nobody's begging these women to come back and work there. Um, why not? I mean, did these women suddenly lose their talent? That's what I don't understand. Did these, did these women suddenly lose their talent? Or is it that they are branded as troublemakers and therefore they can't work anywhere um, and do anything? And that's, that's a problem. I mean, that's a massive, massive problem. And uh, that makes me salty, and it makes me salty on their behalf. I know, I know a lot of these women. I've worked with a lot of these women. In fact, you know, I'm not going to go through their names. They're probably... It's not for me to talk about them, but their names are all public, or most of them, I shouldn't say all. A lot of these women's names are all public. People know who they are. They were really talented women, really talented women, who got to where they got because of their talent, and now they're not working anywhere. Um, or at least they're working, but not working in their chosen industry and in their chosen field, and certainly not on, not on television in any real and meaningful way the way, they would be, the, way, the way they were before. That's very upsetting to me on their behalf, and it's very upsetting to me when um, Sean Hannity, who I, I go back to, uh, look, Bill O'Reilly was never my cup of tea on a personal level. Sean, Sean always treated me well. I mean, we always got along well. It's 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 dismissive of these women and it either says that he thinks that they're liars or more likely that they're telling the truth but eh, it doesn't matter okay you spent a couple of years in purgatory now it's time to come back well these women are spending the rest of their lives in purgatory unless there's a massive cultural shift where networks not fox but other networks decide that they will hire them um because they don't care that there are women who speak up and are troublemakers um as long as they're talented because if you don't do anything wrong, you shouldn't worry about hiring somebody who's going to speak up when they see wrongdoing. Gabrielle Union's career, I'd be curious to see what happens to her. I'll be curious to see if she gets hired again for that kind of gig or whether other studios and other production companies are going to say, well, it's very nice that she spoke up, but she's a troublemaker and uh, we don't really want somebody like that around because we don't want somebody who's going to raise their hand if we're doing something wrong. It's what, better to protect ourselves. What's so interesting is in um, that book, Catching Kill by Ronan Farrow, a lot of the actresses who, in the women who Harvey Weinstein um, assaulted and uh, raped, he would then tell studios mm -hmm. that they were difficult to work Mira with. Mira Sor Sorvino. Yep. They would tell studios yep. they're difficult to work with, they're divas, all that stuff. And it's the same line that is just so frustrating, which makes Gabrielle Union, which makes what you're doing extremely brave and building the way for, I get, for more women to be able to just say, this isn't right. I, it's, it's insane. And it's so crazy that you have to. It's insane. But at which point, it's, I keep wondering if uh, networks were run by women. And again, this is not a man to woman thing. But do we, would we take more chances on each other? 
So for example, um, I mean, name it, name Mira Sorvino. Great. She has an Oscar. Um, I haven't seen her in much since she got that Oscar. And now we know why. Right. Um, Ashley Judd, who was one of the huge actresses. She was everywhere. She was, she, everywhere. Was she was nowhere now. I think she's doing a, a fairly successful TV show. But the point is she went through a long season of, of not being able to do anything. Why? Because she turned him down. Um, other women who, other actresses who were up and coming, uh, who turned him down and their careers were basically destroyed. And now those women are older, right? I mean, it's harder in Hollywood and, and television everywhere. I mean, Mira Sorvino, what Mira Sorvino was at 25 is not what Mira Sorvino is going to be in 50 in an industry that rewards youth. Right. And that rewards building up blockbusters and hits and hits and hits right. and then gives you that capital to be the mom or be the older roles. And that's so upsetting to me because what effectively this all does is ensure that women are marginalized. And so again, if I were giving advice to a woman who came to me and said, Hey, I'm in this really awful situation, whether it's Gabrielle union or somebody who has a Bill O'Reilly type situation, allegedly, uh, or anything else. And, and she were to say to me, Hey, I want to speak up. I would, and I did have a woman that came to me, um, in a different industry and said, Hey, I, I got raped. Um, I want to speak up. It's, it's, it's going to be a, it's going to be a, a fairly, big deal if I speak up, but it's about somebody who's tied to somebody fairly prominent, uh, again, not in television. And I had a very long discussion with her based on what happened with me, Fox. And I said, uh, the right thing to do on your deathbed would be for you to speak and strike a blow for all women and yada, yada. But think about what this could do to your career. And I want you to really think about this very carefully. And I actually asked her to sleep on it um, before coming to a conclusion because it's really important for people to understand the toll that this takes on people's careers and on women's careers. It's always the women on women's careers. And, um, I wish more, I wish more people would understand that. And I wish they'd understand that everybody thinks, oh, these women are filing lawsuits because they're gold diggers or they want this, or they want that. You know what? No, nobody wants their careers to end. It's just that there are women who are in a position and not all women, but there are some women who are in a position to be able to speak up because they've analyzed the cost to doing so and they've realized that the cost of staying silent is too high for them. For some women, the cost of staying silent is what they need to do. So, you know, Sean Hannity, <laughs> Sean from Long Island, as we used to call him on the clapback, I, I just, I, I wish, I, I just, just think about what you're saying. Think about the effect that this has on, on women who have experienced this, and not just some people who experienced it with Bill O'Reilly, I certainly never did, but, on, but other women in that situation. Gabrielle Union, think about the effect that, that would have on somebody like her if it does. Right. So. Well, mine, what I'm salty about kind of goes right into this. The former FBI lawyer, Lisa Page, a.k.a. Yes. the root of all of Trump's deep state conspiracies, her interview with the Daily Beast, I'm glad she spoke out, but super annoyed that she had to, and pretty much refute the fact that she didn't commit treason. And really, one of, one of the quotes that stuck out with me is, uh, it has been so hard not to defend myself to let people who hate me control the narrative. I decided to take my power back. And the fact that it took, like, she, she, the, she spoke out, which I'm so happy about. But the fact that Donald Trump 
constantly bullied and made fun of her and like uh she said honestly his demeaning fake orgasm was really the straw that broke the camel's back on why she decided to speak out it's just gross why why again women are being made fun of and demeaned it's just awful i'm so glad she spoke out but so annoyed that she had to so the part that's really annoying to me is that donald trump simulated an orgasm apparently when talking about her and peter yeah, stroke at one of his rallies right i mean did you read that interview with her in the daily beast yeah okay so i read that and molly jong fast i think did a fantastic job um in in setting this up in the interview and so anybody who has the opportunity to read the Molly John Fast piece on Lisa Page in the Daily Beast should but here's Lisa Page who is basically a career civil servant not these people I worked in DC they're the political appointees and um, the really ambitious Hill staffers and which I was one at one point who want to like you know get to the promised land or they want to be White House press secretary they want to be you know whoever um Kelly Conway I mean Kellyanne Conway I mean there are people who want to be her who want to be on CNN who want or whichever network and 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 be a household name most of the people who work in DC especially the FBI and the Justice Department are not those people those people are their whole MO is to not make themselves a story so here's this woman who shared in and she concedes she had an extramarital affair, um, which is nobody's business but hers and and and, and uh, Peter Stroke and I think it's how you pronounce his name and and, and his wife. But um, it n- apparently the IG report's coming out basically saying that this never affected her uh, job performance. It never affected the way she and he conducted their investigation. Um, she texts this man with whom she's having a relationship, her private thoughts about Donald Trump. Again, no indication whatsoever that this affected their worldview. Right, this is our First Amendment right. Yeah, well, yeah, but even more than that, there's not one person who doesn't have a, public, a private right. opinion about Donald Trump, right? Right. The question is, does it affect your job performance or not? Does it affect how you conduct your performance or not? I mean, everybody's got an opinion about the President of the States, Donald Trump, Barack Obama, George Bush, Bill Clinton, name it. I mean, you're not impervious to having a personal opinion, which you share with the people closest to you, and of which he was one, obviously. But again, is there any evidence that it affected their job performance? The answer is no. In exchange for that, she has the president of the United States simulating an orgasm. First of all, are you kidding me? Right. <laughs> I'm just like, I, like, are you, are you kidding me? What is this, Robert Plant? Like on the on Zep two? Like, are you a or a twelve year old? Yes. <laughs> uh, who the? I mean, what kind of adult in public does this? Unless you're Meg Ryan right. doing Harry Met Sally. And secondly, the president of the United States is simulating orgasm. I, somehow I missed this. I don't know. Did you know about this until? This, no, not until the article. Until then the article. I clicked it and then I watched it. Oh, I didn't. Oh, God. I yep. didn't watch it because. You can't I, unsee that. I, that's um, the thing. That's, I, I don't want to see it in the first place. That's right. Don't click it. It's but, gross. But uh, look, for that, she got her career is essentially destroyed. And she, more importantly, she said something, and I think people misunderstand this. 
I don't care how much of a joke you think Donald Trump is. He is still today the most powerful man in the world by virtue of the office he holds. The president of the United States is the, I don't care who it is, Barack Obama, Donald Trump, you know, the next guy or woman will be the most powerful person on the planet when that person becomes president. To be a career civil servant and to have the president of the United States consistently mock you, go after you, simulate orgasms, talk about your affair, um, imply things about you, uh, you can't undo that, right? That's stuff that's going to be following you. I don't know that she has children. I don't think she does. But if she ever chooses to have kids, or even if she doesn't, I don't know if her parents are still alive. It's like Monica Lewinsky, right? Monica Lewinsky did something when she was 22, 23 years old. For the rest of her life, we will all know Monica Lewinsky for one thing and one thing only because she happened to have done it with the president of the United States. And nothing, nothing else that she does in this world, including curing cancer, will take that off as the first paragraph of her obituary. <laughs> Same thing with Lisa Page. Isn't there some sort of humanity, morality, something that somebody has as president of the United States to think twice about doing something like that to somebody? Yeah, there's there's absolutely no excuse. It just it 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 made my skin boil. That's why I'm so glad we had the podcast today because oh. I needed to talk about it with you. It's gross. I mean, it's gross. And all, you know, Jerry Falwell, all these, you know, people who are these moral evangelicals, you you have somebody, really? You want your kids to watch this at a rally? I mean, ew. You can't. I I mean, I didn't, I, unlike you, I'm not that curious. I didn't click on it because I, I, I I knew that I could not see it, but even the notion, even the mental concept (laughs) of, of doing this at a rally where there are children. I know. And, and, and then it's like, and then that whole argument where everybody was like with Clinton that they have to go home and, and explain to their kids what oral sex is. Now, how, how does that conversation go? Explain what an orgasm is. I mean, like, could you imagine? No, it's just like, you can't, they can't ever argue about anything anymore because Trump has like done it all. No. And the cruelty with which they're treating this woman, um, and her situation and the cruelty with which they are treating this man and his situation. And maybe he has children. I don't know. But I mean, has anybody thought about this, about airing people's dirty laundry? Uh, I don't know. Uh, the pr- it's That's just, it's, Trump's MO. It's Trump's MO, right? And, and again, Donald Trump is making fun of somebody for having an extramarital affair. Are you joking? Right. <laughs> I mean, are you kidding? I, I can't even, Julie. I can't even. <laughs> uh, listen, this is... Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. It's, it's, it's so disturbing to me. And then you think about the fact that he's got a, what, a 12 or 13-year-old son. How does that kid feel? Right. Like his, Maybe that, Melania will talk about it during her bullying initiative. But that's my point. Like, his, his children, except for... Baron and Tiffany, his three oldest kids, all have small children. Like, I don't want to be like, won't somebody think of the grandkids? But like, won't somebody think of the grandkids? Right. It's, listen, it's a personal matter. It's a personal matter. And 
he's like a, but he's doing it with such glee. I'm not sure what he's trying to prove. Is he, is he trying to say that the only reason this FBI investigation began into Russian interference is because these two people were having an affair and they decided to somehow launch this like investigation, despite the fact that every single intelligence agency in this country determined that Russians interfered in this election. But somehow Peter Stroke, I, I can't, I, maybe I'm mispronouncing his name, but Peter Stroke and Lisa Page somehow cooked this up in, in the midst of what, like some night together. They're like, oh, I know, let's go get Donald Trump and persuade every other intelligence agency, including one run by Michael Pompeo, his now Secretary of State, former CIA director, who also came to the same conclusion. Uh, everybody, his own intelligence agencies have come to that conclusion. And yet, because that's what I mean about him being cruel. It seems to me like he's going after these people just for the support of it. I think it's it, in his eye, it looks like sport. That's what I it's mean. It's a twinkle. But, but why? Like, what's the reason to do it other than just to be cruel? Like, other than just to I humiliate them? I think he's them. just that person. <laughs> but like... Right. There's no reason. It's a waste. But why do it? Like, why he's do it? a small it? person. <laughs> but that's beyond small person. That's like right. a, that's a level of cruelty that's awful. Like, that's not just, that's not a small person. That is a really awful, cruel, horrific, terrible human being. Um, and I don't care how much you love Donald Trump. Like, look inward. Is that the kind of guy you want to be? And I don't want to hear about her emails or look at what the yeah. Clintons did to people who opposed them. Think about yourself. Think right. about yourself. Is this the kind of guy you want to be friends with? Is this the kind of guy you want your daughter to marry? No. <laughs> because she could be the fourth Mrs. Trump. Right. Because, and, and she's probably coming up at an age where she will be. So, because, no. because, really thank you. Because, like, you know what those people are? I know people like that. And I've kind of, around the age of 40, got rid of all of them. Because you know who those people are? Those are the kind of people who always make fun of other people's expense and you think it's hilarious until you realize any day could be you. Right. They're gonna be, right? We all know those people who you're like, oh my God, that guy's the funniest guy in the world. And then you realize that guy's really funny because he's making fun of somebody else in a really cruel way and you think it's hilarious. And then you realize, oh wait, that could be me he's making fun of or she's making fun of behind, you know, like, None of do we have friends like, like I don't have friends like that anymore. I used to have a lot of them. I don't have friends like that anymore. You kind of get rid of those toxic people once you get older and you call your friend list. Right. So if you don't want that in a friend, why would you want that in the president who's got that megaphone? This poor woman. I know. God. Well, what a salty politics this week. It is. Um, I am gonna have a massive announcement next week. Um about something that I've been working on for a while. And um, we will have to do this podcast toward the latter part of next week, but we, uh, I will have something really huge to announce. So I'm really excited for it. And um, until then, I hope everybody has a great week, a great yeah, weekend. Yeah, looking forward to it. Thanks. All right, see you guys. Bye.